Blog Talk Radio. Boyfriend, and man says intruder broke into his house, cleaned it, and left. 
than less. Um, I'm just saying with red wine, if uh, you're going to be racist, own it. Living for the city with Papa Didi. My Hollywood wrap-up, I got quite a bit tonight. Some surprises, too. Some last-minute things can come in. Cocktail of the week is called the Rum Swizzle. I'll kiss it, list And the last word. Sit back, relax, get your favorite cocktail, and we'll be back with the Hot Topic. Your finest cognac over a glass of ice and a short glass. Goes great with Papa DD's segment. Living for the City on Blog Talk Radio every Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time or apajamaparty.com on a live stream. I want to talk to that Papa DD myself. I'm going to hit him up. It's on 914-803-4306. Once again, that's 914-803-4306. And you should too. Hi, welcome back to the John Party. I'm your host, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. And Bonsoir, darling. What's up? What's up? Time for the hot topics. You up, Papa Didi? Fired up? Mm, what you got? Yeah. Right, this is a cops under fire for, uh, after, uh, Video shows them uh, tackling and placing the bag over the head of a boy. Hmm. The madness continues. Okay, police officers in California's capital are uh, coming under fire at the video surface showing them forcing a 12-year-old black child, of course it's black, of course, yeah, to the ground and placing a uh, spit mask over his head while he was in handcuffs. No, spit mask. Mm. What, 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 I don't know what that is. Anyway, the incident occurred in April near a uh, carnival in uh, Sacramento and resulted in a child being arrested on charges of battery on an officer and resisting arrest, said the Sacramento Police Department officials. Okay, the boy uh, was later turned over to the custody of his mother, which probably, been, that probably should have, if he was a, White kid, it probably would have been the case in the beginning. But uh, community activist and a lawyer for the child called the incident an example of excessive force on a child who weighed less than 80 pounds. All right, this should have never happened. Uh, this went uh, way beyond what is legitimate for uh, credible terms of uh, detention of a young man. All right, the child's attorney, which is Mark T. Harris of the uh, Benjamin Crump Law Firm in Sacramento told ABC News on Wednesday, all right, a uh, a video of the April 28th arrest of the, ju- of the juvenile surfaced on Tuesday after members of the uh, Black Lives Matter in, Sam- in, in Sacramento and Harris, uh, his lawyer, posted it on social media. Okay, the police said that they... Uh, Put the mash a spit bag over the boy's head. I guess a spit bag must be something you're supposed to spit in. If spitting is illegal or something, I have to. Or to keep somebody from spitting on you. Oh, really? Who anticipated? Who anticipates being spit on anyway? 
Police said they uh, put the mash uh, spit bag over the boy's head because he repeatedly spat in the face of the female officer and was resisting arrest. Okay. Anyway, uh, our officers involved in this incident incident, uh, appropriately uh, used a spit mask to protect themselves and uh, try to defuse the situation. Sacramento Police Police Chief Daniel Haynes said in a statement released on Wednesday, I am grateful that your officers were willing to uh, uh, provocably uh, do the uh, activity and that nobody was injured after the the encounter, but lawyers said that the that this, the video's out there, and they want people to see that the uh, it was excessive force. I, I, and I haven't even seen the video, but I'm sure. I mean, because one of the, one of the uh, analogies I've been getting lately, in fact, I just saw something uh, earlier this evening where uh, something happened with a shooting. I forget where it was exactly. Uh, where do we see that shooting on TV where... Uh, it was something that happened in, a, in some kind of dance hall or something between these two white folks. And um, I mean, not to use color as a ploy, but but I will. Uh, when the cops got there, these two guys, white guys in a dance hall, guy with a big was girlfriend, he argued with another guy. One of them pulled out a gun. And when the police arrived, you know, they just arrested the person that allegedly shot the other person. And, and a few weeks ago, before that, something happened where uh, uh, something happened between somebody and somebody got killed, and the police got there and they arrested the person that, that shot the person. But uh, all these incidents where it's involving white people, the assailant, even uh, I would say about maybe four or five days ago, there was a guy shooting up a place in body armor. He was shooting in body armor uh, in the police was able to subdue him and arrest him, but you killing black men unarmed. I don't, I don't, I don't, I just don't get it. I mean, are white folks immune to killing their own people or something, or there's something going on where where white folks survive any type of any type anything that has to do with uh, like we said before, when it comes to the nine people that was killed in South Carolina. You know, the guy ended up getting arrested. And being taken to lunch. And being taken, took, took him to Burger King, got him some meat, and took him to jail. I mean, it's like we cannot shoot our own people, but we'll shoot a black man without even having a gun. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, it, it's. I've never heard of a spit mask. Well, I didn't see the video, so I don't know what a spit mask looks like. I guess it's kind of self-explanatory. Maybe it's some type of a. I, I doubt People it. referring to it as they put a bag over this child's head. Yeah. And a mother was saying that the child has respiratory issues and could not breathe. So I don't know what this bag was made of, but the mother was screaming about, you know, that the child couldn't breathe, take the bag off, et cetera. So it doesn't sound like something that is, you know, a breathable. It just doesn't seem like it makes sense that for an 80-pound child, it didn't really take all that. I think that the fear, the, I wouldn't even say the fear, but just the inexperience of handling people of color 
is becoming so prevalent today that I don't know. It's just they had an incident in Philadelphia where a guy got shot. He was panhandling, and when he walked up to the car to ask for some money, this overzealous detective thought he was being ambushed, and the guy didn't even have a gun. He was a guy that had some mental issues out there begging for quarters, and the guy just shot through. He shot through the window. Not only did he not roll down the window to see what the guy wanted or to see anything, to clarify anything, he saw the guy, like, holding his hand out, and he just opened fire on the guy in Philadelphia. The guy didn't die, but he's in very critical condition, and everybody said he's a panhandler that's out on the street every day, going from car to car, trying to wash the windows and all. And, and the detective just shot through the unmarked police car and shot this guy. Huh? You know, it's just that I just think they feel that the the black skin is such an intimidation for them. Yeah, Plus, they're they're patrolling neighborhoods too that they they act like are so different, so strange, or you know, they patrolling the projects or patrolling the the black neighborhood or what have you, and and they, like they were raised so so proper. You know what I mean? Like a suburban neighborhood, even if they were raised in the suburbs, like the suburbs is so so flawless. You know, I mean. But see, I'm not buying the fear factor. I think it's a devaluation of black lives. I think sometimes they see, oh, it's just another N-word, and they don't even think twice about, I'm going to just bust a couple of caps in him so he'll get away from me, leave me alone. I don't know what Oh, yeah, deadly forces for first, first. I just first feel like it, it has more to do with the devaluation of black lives. What if I don't wrong, know. That's what a good segue of what you were saying about black lives because the Black Lives Matter Sacramento, they posted this uh, situation with the bag over the um, little boy's head on social media. We would have never known if if it wasn't uh, for the Black Lives Matter in Sacramento. And also, to answer to your question, the bag was made of mesh. The police said they put the mesh, quote-unquote, spit bag over the boy's head because he repeatedly spat in the face of the female officer and was resisting arrest. So But my question I'm, is what uh, was he doing before that happened? They're saying that he was it was a battery a charge, question. he was spitting on them. So what was he doing that led up to the spitting? What was it that's what happened question. that the police even came up to this child? That's a good question. You know, that's I'm what I'm wondering. Sure. Right. A There's an article saying anything why, about that, uh, Papa Didi? What was that again? I was asking no, you if the article said no, anything no. about okay, No, no, it didn't It didn't really. All it said that the cops, uh, that they grabbed uh, uh, an assailant, yada, 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 and just started on, mm-hmm. started on a whole arrest proceeding. Yeah, they're talking about battery. It didn't speak on it. it I heard this about, attorney uh, on the radio, and someone asked a question, is spitting considered battery and she said technically yes because it is touching it's something that came from you to touch somebody else it's the touching part mm-hmm. that is considered battery but like it's i said body, i don't understand right yeah but i don't mm-hmm. understand what were the cops doing that they rolled up on a 12 year old in the first place then now this child is resisting arrest they handcuffed him they had him on the ground Prior. So at some point before that, he spat on a cop, allegedly. I don't know. It just sounds doesn't sound right to me. 
something was going on that the cops came up to him and were saying or doing something, and then he reacted by either resisting, spitting, whatever. I don't know. Right. Uh, I don't know. I'm tired of these kind of stories. To me, it should be a law against anybody should not be arrested that's either 15 or 14 below without a, a parent present. Why are you snatching, like you say, why are you snatching a, a 12-year-old boy? What has he done? Um, and yeah. as, as as far as discipline, I mean, it, it, if it wasn't a criminal act, why are you even touching a 12-year-old boy, a police officer? I mean, you are a man or you're a woman, you're an adult, and this is a child. This is somebody else's child. This is not your child. So why are you either quote unquote discipline them or or like I said or if it's criminal, that's a different story. So but you know, yeah, that's a good question. Why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It just looks well, so we've got to call it. To, okay. I'm sorry. I was just going to say about. we have a caller. I'm going to see if the caller can explain it to us. Caller, welcome to yeah. the pajama party show. Did you have a comment? Yes. Good evening. Good, Good evening. evening. How are you? I'm wonderful. What I've been told by listening to the news, the lawyer of the family was on, and the child was sent to his mother's car to get change for some activities they were going to be taking part of at the carnival. And on the way, the cop stopped him thinking he was loitering and he wasn't loitering, and then they thought he was stealing. He wasn't stealing. So they had changed a lot of stories when the, the altercation took place, and it started escalating, and people came out, started videotaping the incident. So the lawyer was saying the cop's stories changed three times after this whole incident happened. So they tried to make something up on the child to justify accosting him and putting him in the car with the spit bag on. And the spit bag is a big, like a white mesh. Well, I'm not sure if it's a solid material, but the child was saying he couldn't breathe several times, and they ignored him. Yeah. Which I thought was horrific for them to do such a thing to a child. And, there's a, and he was not a big kid. He was a, a, a petite boy, you know. And it was like five, maybe four or five cops. Come on now. This is a new age lynching. Exactly. I agree. 80 pounds? Come on. It took all of that yeah. to allegedly subdue a child? Yeah. Put him on the, had him on the ground, put him on, in handcuffs and, 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 and uh, hauled him to the car. And the, and the mom was speaking, saying that he, he's been traumatized by um, a cop several cops before and you you know wow. you, they had scared him yeah and this should have to stop so he was defending himself yes yeah this is crazy yeah really crazy but that's all I have so to it say. sounds like the cops were just pissed off because he wouldn't just go along with whatever they were saying he probably told them where to go and how to get there and they didn't appreciate it. And when they tried to handcuff him, 
or whatever, exactly. I guess when they once they grabbed his hands, he spat on them, like, get away from me, if he even did that. He, he was trying to tell me he didn't do anything. He wasn't doing anything. They said, you know how they was like, oh, you're lying, you know, whatever. And he was like, get off of me, get off of me. I'm not doing anything, you know. Uh-huh. I didn't do anything. So they must have roughed him up or whatever the case may be. I would have bit the motherfucker. Excuse my language. <laughs> All, right. All right. And they would have had you on the ground. Well, you guess what? Mm. You know, I've been through that before when I was 12 in New York City. And and when oh, I yeah. was in, in, middle, in middle school where the cops came and grabbed me, I, I, what, I had a, on my way from school, I had a fight. And I'll make this very brief. I had a fight and we went to the the, the person's house that we had a fight with and they live right around the corner from my, my house. And then when we got back to my house, it was like three or four cop cars in front of, front of my house. And my mom was like, what's going on? You know, he's like, what's all this going on? You know, la, la. And the cops verbally abused my mom, calling her a big black fat elephant. And one of my Spanish friends who are, are a black Spanish, because she came out there, I said, leave her alone. You, you fucking pig like that. And I said, yeah, right. So they looked at me. They ain't looked at her. They looked at me and grabbed me, slapped me up, put me in the car, and dragged me off to the precinct. What? And that's a traumatic, that's a traumatic thing that happens to a child. So I'm nervous and scared to come out. Well, what if I call your daddy a nigga? I said, well, he just have to be a nigga. He, the cops smacked the shit out of me. And then on that happened on a Friday. And then that Monday when I went to school, they came to the same cops came to my school and tried to get me expelled. And my principal and my dean ran their ass out of school. They said, get out of here. He's an A student. He never had any trouble. Get out of our school and don't ever come back again. Good yeah. Seventy one, right. like yeah. number 72, mm-hmm. 73, somewhere around there. Wow. And that, that stayed in that, that was embedded in my mind. And I'm not saying all cops are bad, but I had a bad experience. And some, I don't trust some of them. And I can imagine yeah. being 12, and, and I know what I felt at the time. I was scared. I was banging on the door, on the windows trying to get out the car, kicking in, all that stuff. So that's very traumatic. Right. Yeah, number, I thought you know, about that when they said that nobody was injured or nobody was harmed or whatever. And I said, that boy was psychologically injured. Yeah, he was For sure. Just because nobody got it. shot doesn't mean there was no injury. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And he'll live with that for the rest of his days. For sure. There's no price tag on that. So you can give me $100 million and still not going to justify what you did and how I feel. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, They tried to pin that he was loitering and then he was stealing. He was stealing. He stole something and all these other excuses. And he was just sent to the car to get um, um, change, you know, to play games or whatever they was going to be doing at at the carnival. So they made up all right. kind of stuff. Yeah. We got to continue to follow that story. So thank you, Carl, yeah. for that. Appreciate that. Oh, Sorry, you're had welcome. to have to. Yeah, at an early well, my language. All right. I get I get a little amped. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> all right. Appreciate all right. it. All right. Well, we're gonna move on. Um, I got one. I'm going to try to make it quick. 
there was a, a disaster relief bill that when I saw this story earlier this morning, it said it had been approved. But by later on this evening, some jerk-off decided, no, I'm not going for it. And basically one person is holding up all of this disaster relief money now. Um, now this was, uh, what's this guy's name? Repre- he's a rep- re- Republican, Representative Chip Roy from Texas, objected to the passing of the bill, and this was like for $19 billion would it be, $19 billion in aid that was supposed to be going to Trump's desk to sign, which he had already said he was going to sign it. Now it's not going to happen probably until sometime in June or a little before June. So now this guy's holding up the money that was going to help all of these, not all, but help the people who have been dealing with all these natural disasters the hurricanes, tornadoes, the floods, including Puerto Rico. But now this one jerk off is holding it up. So, um, and Congress is going into recess, uh, well, already has, until June 3rd. So nothing's going to happen now until Congress gets back. He he wants this vote on it with when more people are in town. So apparently there was enough people to get the vote through, and they were moving it on down the line. And then he decides near the end of the day he didn't have uh he didn't like it the way it was going on, so I didn't realize that even if you have a majority of people voting that one person could do this. So now he's saying that he wants them to, you know, get more people together and vote and all of this stuff and so Nancy Pelosi is saying it's a last minute sabotage of an overwhelmingly bipartisan disaster relief bill. You know, it's just, it's the same thing over and over. You know, every time those two parties try to work together, it seems like somebody cuts up and creates a problem, and then they start blaming one another. So, like I said, in this case, Trump had already said he was going to sign it. Now, his issue originally was he wanted money in there for border security, and they had debated that until they couldn't debate it anymore, so he said, fine. We'll deal with that another time. Let's deal with the relief money. And now this jerk off, Chip Roy, put him on a kiss it list kettle. Chip Roy okay. for blocking blocking the disaster relief bill. Now he comes up saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. So that's all I'm going to say about that. This thing should have been going to the desk of, the, of 45 to sign. But thanks to Chip Roy... They're going to have to wait until they come back from re- recess, I guess, June the 3rd. So is is he a Republican? Yeah, he's a Republican from Texas. So, you know what, I I feel like this might be a strategy, 45. He didn't went to him and say, look, you, you be the one that, that uh, hold out for this particular bill. So it won't look like I'm the one or whatever. But he has to sign off on it, is it correct? Yeah, forty-five. He does have to sign off on it. Mm-hmm. So That's an interesting I, I conspiracy he's, theory. Yeah, he's, he's, you'd be surprised what goes on behind closed doors. There's just so much shiggity going on. Shiggity and shaggity. <laughs> shaggity, yeah, shiggity. you're right. <laughs> oh, a lot so. of them. So when are they supposed right, to come back, I wonder? In a couple of weeks? Uh, recess is over June the 3rd. Uh-huh, but that's when they'll be back. Yeah, they're getting there Memorial Day and plus another, what, week or so? I don't know. 
But yeah, they won't be back until June the third. Okay. All right. He is on the kissing list. I got him. Mm-hmm. Chip Ward. Okay. He's holding up right. the $19 billion dollar relief money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bama. <laughs> okay. Well, we might have to put another one on the kissing list also. Um, this topic is talking about the Harriet Tubman, the $20 bill, to be delayed after 45 leaves office. So we, we already know what that's about. Uh, Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin said on Wednesday that the redesign of the $20 bill to feature the 19th century abolitionist leader, Harriet Tubman, has been delayed. Um, that decision um, was made after they had said that they were going to put her on the $20 bill. This was in the Obama administration. So Tubman's fate had been in doubt since 2016 campaign based on uh, critical comments uh, by then um, candidate Donald Trump. He was talking trash before he was president. Like, I guess he was going to stop it and he don't want it and yada, yada. We all know why. Um, so delay in unveiling the $20 uh, redesign had been prompted by the decision to redesign the $10 bill and the $50 bill first for security reasons. Um, then he said those bills will now be introduced before we designed um, $20 bills. So it's probably not going to be redesigned until um, 2026, and it's not going to be in circulation until 2028. So hopefully uh, 45 will not get back in office. Um, maybe it will be pushed further up to a closer time for it to come out, but Right now is being delayed. So, um, you know, what's your what's your take on this, Red Brown? You know, this sounds like another kind of, I don't know. I want to say a cover up of some sort. You know, if this was mm-hmm. agreed upon and voted on and all that kind of stuff, what what's the problem? I don't understand why are we wait. Why do we have to wait until he's out of office? If that's the case, that's only four more years if he gets mm-hmm. reelected. Well, so he, he, I don't know. I, mean, I, I, uh, I, I, I just feel like it's, it's a black and white thing. You don't want no black person or no bills at all. And I hate to say it, but, you know, this comes down to black and white. You can't stand black folks. You can't stand the other folks, the, you know, Hispanics. You don't. You can't stand nobody of color, and that's what pisses me off. And what you said, it's been into play by the Obama administration. Why shouldn't it stick? My thing is, how can you come in as a president and undo something? Yeah, but, but that's what know. he's been doing from day one. And never yeah, I talk about this. Is from day one, he has been undoing everything that he could undo from the Obama administration. Yeah, I, I just it just doesn't make any sense. So I guess we're going to put forty five on the list. Yeah, so he's just, he's just, he's just, he's just jacking stuff up. That's what he's doing. He is just jacking stuff up. Doesn't make any sense, but you know. Yeah, put put Mnuchin on there to too. The head of Treasury. Okay, I would love to see that change on that bill. My lifetime. But um, yeah. we shall see. Yeah. 
keep keep on that one, Nature. Okay, I'll put him on the kiss it list. All right. Well, that's it for the hot topics. Uh, we're gonna take a break, or we're gonna roll right into the hit it and quit it. We can go ahead and take a break, but you know, if anybody want to join us in the conversation, hit us up tonight nine one four eight zero three forty three zero six. And press one. And press one, right, to get in the queue. So uh, you can join the conversation. Um, you can put whoever you want on the kiss it list. So, um, hey, just enjoy your favorite cocktail, sit back and relax and listen to us. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we're going to take a little break in the PC. Yep. And we're coming right All back right. with the hit it and quit it uh, headlines. we got to talk about Ben Carson and Mario Batali, Oprah, and uh, Notorious B.I.G., We'll be right back. Some of my You're girl. tuned All to right. the Late Night Adult Pajama Party right here on Blog Talk Radio. This is a production of DC Homegrown Entertainment. To share your opinion with the Pajama Party crew, call us on 914-803-4306 and press 1. If you'd rather just listen in, you can still call us and listen on your phone, or you can listen online by going to our website, www.apajamaparty.com and clicking the listen banner in the top right corner. So join the conversation and let us know what you think about tonight's topics or whatever is on your mind. Okay, who turned the lights off? Call us now, 914-803-4306. Now back to the crew and more of the Pajama Party. All right, welcome back to the John Party. One of your hosts, Papa Dini. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And red wine. Bonsoir, darling. And it's time to hit it and quit it. And I'm going to kick it off and talk about your boy, Ben Carson. I don't know if anybody saw that video this week of him stumbling through uh, trying to answer questions uh, at a congressional hearing, but uh, it was it was bad. Poor Ben. It was bad. Um, he was uh, raising eyebrows when he struggled to try to describe some basic terms relating to the Housing and Urban Development Agency that, as you know, he oversees. Um, the former neurosurgeon who had zero experience in housing before 45 nominated him to lead HUD back in December of 2016 appeared visibly flustered while trying to answer questions about housing uh, department policies from the House Financial Services Committee. So it was Representative Katie Porter, who's a Democrat from California, who was asking Carson about different services offered by the Federal Housing Administration, which is an agency that's part of HUD, and also government-sponsored enterprises which are financial services corporations that are created by Congress, like Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae, those kind of groups. Carson sat there drawing a blank. He was like looking at her like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So Porter was getting exasperated when she kept trying to describe what she was asking him. And then, you know, she tried explaining some stuff. So finally she said, so my question I'm trying to drive at here is why is FHA, to use a term that we can both understand, lousy at servicing mortgages? 
And then Carson responded that he really hadn't had any discussions about that particular issue, but I will look it up and find out what's going on. That's how he responded. So she continued asking him questions, but the one that really stood out is when she asked him if he knew what an REO was, and he said, an Oreo? She said, no, not an Oreo, an R-E-O. And then he tried again, and he said, real estate? She said, okay, but what's the O stand for? Real estate? What? He was sitting there like, I don't know, he was muttering something that they couldn't understand what he was saying. So finally, she had to explain that REO is a real estate owned. That's what that stands for. And uh, that's Mm -hmm. what happens when properties go into foreclosure. So he continually Mm -hmm. could not answer questions. And then he comes back and tells her, well, you're just getting in the weeds here. Um, You know, if we go down in the weeds on every issue, we wouldn't get very far. So later on, after it was all said and done, he got on Twitter and said something about, um, well, she got on Twitter first and said that his stammering would be funny if it wasn't so scary. He got back on Twitter without any shame to his game and tweeted about, the hearing and all, and said he was going to send Miss Porter a box of Oreos. Oh, so he thought no. it, the whole thing was funny. The whole remark about Oreo for R E O and all. I'm like, dude, this is not funny. You've been put in oh, charge of an organization that you clearly don't have a grip. You don't seem to know what's going on from the top to the bottom. How is this amusing? What? My thing is, don't you think that his staff or somebody would have helped him, at least done the research, and he could have just, you know, showed faith? He, man, that that's an easy thing. Then he could have looked that up. He, he, he could have Googled that. I mean, but it seems to me, now, you know what this woman, Miss Porter, you know what her position is, what committee she's on, with the whatever the name of her committee so you know the stuff that she's in charge of on the congressional committee. Why would you not you have your staff give you notes to be prepared so that when you go in there and she asks you anything about, you know, one, two, and three, you got your notes right in front of you. But he's sitting there Maybe mumbling to himself. Uh, I don't know. I, I just don't know. I don't understand it. I just feel like, you know, it. And it seems like he doesn't even have the decency to be embarrassed. He's still laughing about the Oreo remark, and he's talking about he's going to send He posted a picture on Twitter of a package of Oreos and then a picture of him, I think, and said that uh, to Miss Porter, uh, a package is on the way to you. I'm like, dude, you know it what? wasn't funny. It's pathetic. He had to save face. So he figured he's going to do the same jiggity-jack. If your 45 does, and just, you know, look smarter than what he really is. So he's going to make a joke of it because he didn't know, like you said, the, the terminology of what she was asking. Maybe he doesn't know her position. He he don't know jiggity jack. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what his problem but, is, but he needs to get a grip on reality. His, right, but you would think his staff would have at least helped him, but I guess they figured, hey, he put you in that position. You are our boss. You're supposed to tell us what we need to do. 
not us telling you what to do. I mean, so wow. I can't. I cannot disagree. Ooh boy. I, oh, well, I had to see that on video so I can start laughing. I, I saw bits and yeah. pieces, but I didn't see the whole thing. I, I'll pull yeah, it up you on YouTube. Find video. <laughs> it's, it's, it's rough. You know, wow. he's a mumbler yeah. anyway, but that was crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. All mm-hmm. right. Well, let's move More on. Uh, Kettles, you, you want to yep. go ahead and uh, tell us about your girl, Oprah? Sure, let me see what's going on over here. Newark principal wants to use Oprah's five hundred thousand dollar donation to um restore to programs. Okay. Lady O was so inspired by a CBS news story on a high school principal changing his students' lives that she decided to help in a big way. Wow, something positive for a change. I don't believe it. New Jersey <laughs> principal Osbar Cook started the Lights On uh, program at uh, Westside High School in Newark to give students somewhere safe to hang out on Friday night. Okay. The school remains open until Friday, um, 6 to 11, for the kids to use the um, school gym, play games, and eat. Um, In the summer, it's open three nights a week. So the media uh, mogul was inspired to um, get involved with the Lights On initiative. And uh, this uh, back in March. So Cook also showed five commercial-grade washers and dryers installed so students who um, can't wash their clothes at home can do so at school. Wow. Wow, that's awesome. So last Friday, Oprah, she showed up at the school. Students didn't know she was coming, but Principal Cook did. Um, What he uh, didn't know was what else Oprah had to give. In addition to serving up with uh, pizza, um, she brought something extra, a donation to the program. Um, of course, she brought some of her pizzas from her old um, line of food. Um, yeah, of course. She said, of course. She said, I'm going to leave um, here tonight and leave you with half a million dollars, she told the crowd. Of course, they wow. burst out in cheers. Wow. That was great. Mm-mm-mm. All right, that sounds good. We have to have a kudos uh, page instead of a kiss it page. Uh, good yeah, kudos page. Shout out to Oprah for helping out. I know that's right, and this, and this principal for um, Osbar Cook that started this um, um, program, which is pretty neat because sometimes right. kids just don't have nowhere to go, nothing to do, and at least you know where they are, you know. So. Exactly, and that laundry thing—that's awesome. I would—I never even oh. thought about, you know, if kids have issues with just being able to wash their clothes. Mm-hmm. I mean, just just like you know, people started the program with the lunch thing. You know, the um, you know, if you can't afford lunch, free lunch, you know, because a lot of kids they don't eat at home. So, just um, just a great thing all around. So, kudos to them. Yep. Yeah, very good. All right. Yeah, that was good. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Well, we're going to kick it back over to Papa Didi. Uh, Papa Didi, what's going on with the, what's that man name with the ponytail and the and the crop? Mario Batali. Yeah, that's Mario Batali. Mm-hmm. What's going on with Mr. Mario Ponytail Batali? 
Well, you know, I think it all started back early on when they, um, something came up on him and they got rid of the, uh, took his position off the particular show. Uh, what was that show he was on with, oh, with them people? The Chew. The Chew. And oh. then, and to everybody else's amaze, after that, then the Chew just got canceled. Period. You know, because I think he was a real intricate part of it, you know, when it comes to his, his own particular part. And then, it went sour. I'm sure when that when that show canceled, it broke it broke that cast's heart really because they they really was settled in. They were they were nestled in pretty good, you know, uh, the young lady and all the other people. And they had some good guests and done some good things on that show. But uh, that's where it all initiated, where he was taking off that show. But then, um, you know, I guess something went down around that same time frame. Now it finally uh, come to light. Because uh, he uh, faces a criminal charge for his alleged uh, groping incident uh, two years ago, which is around the time frame on the show where he was taken off. Uh, Vitaly is uh, scheduled to be arraigned in Boston, uh, which was the day, on a single count of uh, inde- indecent assault and battery. Uh, this appears to be the first criminal charge to come from a series of sexual misconducts that's been alleged against him. So, according to the civil complaint, uh, filed last summer, the 58-year-old uh, chef allegedly assaulted a woman in a Boston restaurant in 2017. Okay, the woman accused Vitaly of um, forcibly kissing and groping her while taking a selfie. Oh, my goodness. Now, the lawyer for Vitaly says uh, he denies the allegation. Vitaly uh, could face uh, two and a half years in jail if convicted and would have to register as a sex offender. In March, Vitaly sold his uh, stake of all all of his restaurants. Uh, the first misconduct uh, accusation surfaced in 2017. At the time, uh, Vitaly apologized and said he was uh, taking full responsibility for his behavior, but also uh, drew back black backlash for uh, for including a recipe for a pizza dough cinnamon roll. And his apology later or something to that effect. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. I don't know what he was thinking when he did that. You're going to publish an apology and then say, and by the way, here's a good recipe. Cinnamon pizza dough roll. Yeah. Right at the same time when you apologize. Anyway, following the 60-minute report, the New York uh, City Police Department uh, confirmed it was investigating uh, an alleged uh, battalion drugged and sexual assaulted a woman also in New York City. He denied assaulting her. New York police closed their investigation in January without filing any charges on that particular incident. But, uh, I mean, you know, it's just, I tell you, a lot of things are really, you know, it's uh, the world we live in today, I, I don't know. Um, you don't know who to believe anymore, you know. You don't know who's out for what. With the job market being as it is, uh, how people want to make money off of things or, or whatever, you know, who knows what's right, what's wrong, what's what's true, what's false, you know. And we shouldn't jump on a bandwagon because of gender and things of that nature, you know. We should really go after the truth instead of just, you know, a bunch of women may hear this and team up with the people with the, with the women and not understand his side of the story or, or when you say somebody gropes somebody during a selfie, well, how much groping can go on? You know what I mean? I'm, but then again, you know, celebrities feel like they got that little 
edge on people, you know. And a lot of them get their rocks off when they when they want to or when they can or what have you. So who knows? It's just a mess. Yeah, we all know what the truth is. Is it? Is it? No matter what you did or whatever, is it? Is really worth your career? You know, when you look at the whole big picture. You know, even when you look on your job, when people want to leave early all the time, or they want to, they want to make excuses not to be there, or call in sick all the time. Well, if you're not there enough on your job, then your job really learns to do without you. You know, yeah. if you want to leave early, then my goodness, what's the, what's the point of you putting your job in jeopardy when uh, you got home at 4:15 as opposed to quarter to five, and you left your job flighty? And somebody else said, do your work because you wanted to run out there a half hour early. You know, I'm only saying that to say the little things that people do in life, thinking that they're getting an edge on stuff, you know, just by stepping off. It's just, it's just an, an unthoughtful decision that has to do with anything, you know, groping people and all this little childish stuff that's got to do with just. And then the people that are overzealous and, you know, when a lady said a guy, she said the kid rubbed against her backside. Oh yeah. A little black guy walked past her and she claimed yeah, and he it was tapped his her book ass bag. his book bag and here she is a, a you know a, a grown a, a, a sexually sexually deprived grown ass woman. Okay, she felt the sensation of a book bag on her ass. I guess she thought it was a fucking penile of some some respect or what have you and and kinda of just freaked out and the little boy said he went by her and, and his book bag on his back kinda of rubbed against her ass and she just felt like there was a a fucking hammer rub it against her ass crack or something. I don't know. But, uh, you know. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway. Well, I've got one last one. Some more good news. A Brooklyn street is being mm-hmm. renamed for the notorious B.I.G. This was announced Yay. on Tuesday. Yay. On Tuesday of this week, um, Tuesday would have been the 47th birthday of the late rapper Notorious B.I.G., and his foundation wow. used the occasion wow. to announce that a street mm. in Brooklyn would be renamed for him, according to Billboard. The notorious mm. B.I.G., also known as Biggie Smalls, who was born Christopher Wallace, was 24 years old when he was gunned down mm. in L.A. on March 9, 1997. Brooklyn is, mm. of course, where he uh, went from a common thief to up close and personal with Robin Leach as he rapped in his song, Juicy. The uh, Christopher Wallace Memorial Foundation announced that the stretch of St. James Place between Gates Avenue and Fulton Street will be renamed Christopher Wallace Way during a ceremony on June the 10th. The block is where the rapper grew up, and the initiative to change the name was approved by the Brooklyn Community Board, too, in uh, November. Honoring Biggie symbolizes more than just one man, Leroy McCarthy, who spearheaded the initiative, told Rolling Stone, it symbolizes a culture, it symbolizes a borough, it symbolizes a people, and hip-hop is worldwide. So if you don't know, now you know. Okay. 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 Barry, was that in again? Uh, This is in Brooklyn. It's the... The stretch of St. James Place between Gates Avenue and Fulton Street. Finally, some positive news. Yeah, so shout out to that committee that made that happen. I know that's right. Right on, right on. 
Yeah, but you know, that's that's well needed because I tell you, that area, I used to hang down that area years ago. That area is is, is turning lily white. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I used to hang right up there on, uh, I wasn't in that street. The name fails me now. The street that the... uh, at the Barclays Center is on. Uh, oh my goodness! In Brooklyn? Yeah, yeah. Name that street. Anyway, big street. Anyway, it's Fulton is off that particular street there. Mm-hmm. And uh, that whole area is used to be used to be projects in the back back there. And it's also a little street called Smith Street, where white folks have taken that over completely. That has all kinds of restaurants and stores and things like that. But that was right on the back end of the projects, and now they're kicking the people out of the projects, and they turn those into condos and all. Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, well, that's happening in a lot of places. This is, but this area was was a dedicated. This was an original project, you know, mm-hmm. of Brooklyn, you know, which was uh, that the name of the street is really failing me. Uh, I'm really sad I can't remember the name of that street because I used to work for a company called Nobody Beast the Wiz, and their, one of their star stores was on Fulton Street. And you used to go there for training. I went there to train, and um, because the Barclays Center, Berkeley Center was a uh, was a big hole for a long time mm-hmm. on that street because the, the the New York Jets football team was willing to buy that, and they they would lunched and didn't really agree on who was going to get it and all this jazz. It was, it was crazy. So it's a big ass hole on that street for a long time, and so all of a sudden the rich uh, Russian and and the group from the uh, New Jersey Nets came along and they they brought the brought the hole and put a building on it and they got with Jay Z and everybody else and they changed the name from the New Jersey Nets to the Brooklyn Nets and and the rest is history. Oh okay. Oh yeah, that that Brooklyn Center was a big hole for a long time and I have big to look on my phone and get the name of the street that that's on. Okay, well we're gonna take a quick break so you can check while we're on the break. Yeah. And we're coming back with Papa Didi and What's Poppin'. You're going to be ready for What's Poppin'? Yeah, I will. All right. Well, we're coming right back. Don't you move. This is the Pajama Party coming to you live. What's on your mind? Call us on 914-803-4306. Got an opinion or just want to say hello to the crew? Hello. You know what to do. Call 914-803-4306. If you just want to listen to the show online, go to www.apajamaparty.com and click the banner in the upper right corner. But if you want to talk to the crew, you need to call us on 914-803-4306 and press 1. We'll get to your call as soon as possible. It's nothing but fun and a pillow fight every Friday night at the Pajama Party. And remember... PJs only, no clothes allowed. Now back to the crew and more of the pajama party. Bartender, another round for the house. Thank you, darling. Hi, welcome back to the pajama party. My name is Papa D. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And red wine. What's popping? I mean. What's popping? I mean, uh, <laughs> bonsoir. Bon, bon <laughs> Okay, what's popping as well? I was about to say bonjour this morning. Anyway, we're here at the Pajama Party Show, and it's time for Papa Didi and what's popping. Mm. See, I had that on my mind. So what's popping, Papa? Well, the street that I was on is Atlantic Avenue. Oh, okay. Atlantic Avenue, which is a major street off 
off the BQE and all that jazz, and uh, they got a big hospital on that street. And like I said, down the street from from Atlantic Avenue, on on, on one side in particular was was a big project area, huge project area that a lot of real prominent people now today were raised in at one time, you know. And you know, like I said, Jay Z and all of them was up around that area, and um, as we see now, Biggie, the whole nine. But that area is, oh my God, oh you talking about gentrification? Ooh, and it's finest. How can you take a neighborhood that was so traditionally black to the core mm-hmm. and just just shake a like shaking a leaf of a tree and just ousting people for whatever reason, whatever excuse you're going to use? And you know the sad part about it, you know, I guess just to use a, a term of my father for years and years, and it and it's it's so true and it, it's so lasting. And it's the reason why I don't let. The situation with 45 really bothered me too much because my father has always used the term, and this too will come to pass. And and it just, and this too will come to pass is such a, a a solace term because it is so damn true. You know, everything will come to pass. We we've had we've had uprisings. We have had all kinds of things and situations and all kinds of stuff that's happening, coming and going. And it's so sad that people don't focus on what's really... we got tornadoes, you know, in the Midwest right now that are just destroying people every day. I mean, just... You know, I think people don't realize that when you come back to your house and the roof and the walls, if you survived it, you know, some people jump in a tub, they go in a closet, they go everywhere, and sometimes they're right next to the, to the... You know, the noise that you hear from... It. People always say it sounds like a train. And that's going on while you're laying in a tub, clinging for life. And it passes in about maybe, oh my goodness, 20, 30 seconds. And once it clears, you look up above and there's a light above your head. Because the roof of your house is tear off. And the walls are tore off. And the trees are tore down. And the cars in your driveway are turned upside down there in another neighbor's area. And all your stuff is demolished. And nobody is taking heed to that situation at all. Everybody's living life as normal, living life, doing anything, and and the focus again on the child that was uh, apprehended, like it's like the caller said when he went to the carnival. You know, it's just like Trayvon Martin. You know, it's so sad that you know when you when they see people of color, they think there's something suspicious. I, I tell you, let me tell you this here. I was in D.C. a couple nights ago. Now, I was coming down, um, when you come off of New York Avenue, you turn on 4th Street, you make a left, there's a, there's a PNC bank right there, and then you make a sharp right, and you go past what's a sort of a wholesale district kind of place that's kind of, it's kind of diminishing because they're fixing up in that area as well. But on the right-hand side, like on the left-hand side, you still got the, whole, the wholesale district with merchandise and things like that. But on the right-hand side, they're building another new new building, whether it be a condo or what have you. So when I rode by there, I guess it was by maybe maybe 10 o'clock or so, quarter of, there was no, there was nobody out there because they were doing construction there. And these two white guys were trying to kick the door closed because they obviously had been in that building. 
And I slowed up a little bit because the sound of the kick and I had my windows down kind of caught my attention. But when I slowed up a little bit, I looked at the white guys and they looked at me. And like they were wearing some type of utility clothes. That could have been a front. You never know. But there was no incident because of their white skin. You know, but flip the script and have two black guys there at that new building. You know, kicking the door like these two white guys are doing. And they'd be a whole, and say a cop cruised by there. They would flash the light over there and ask what's going on. It just seems like even the, the guy at the carnival, the kid at the carnival, that was nothing but a typical Trayvon Martin situation where the assumption was there. And then all four cops who was on duty, who had nothing else to do with that damn carnival, felt like now they're going to grab this black guy because he's a mischievous little naughty-haired boy. Mm-hmm. And, and they want to figure out what the hell is he up to. Because the, the assumption of the look, I mean, the look of a little boy. How many looks do little boys change into before they become a man? You know what I mean? You got the, you got the, you know, you got the somber look. You got a little peasy head look. You got the teeth missing in the front look. You know what I mean? But all these looks are overemphasized by police officers because they just look like ugly Negroes, you know, and we got to investigate them. When it's just the looks of black children. You know, just like your little white children look crazy with their stringy ass hair and they're missing teeth and they're and they're all they little little fat boy or whatever they you know, everybody all kids have their stages of life that they go through. But as black kids when they walk the street, a white cop will look at them like they're just some destitute 'cause they all think we go back to the hood anyway. Even people on your job. If they don't know you that well and they, they, they know you talk about the hood or you may use the hood in your conversation, they actually think you're going home to the fucking projects. They really do. I mean, they really, they have no inclination of what it is you do or what, what you go home to. You know, and I mean, it's just, oh my goodness, I, I just can't explain it. But the ignorance of it is so bliss that how people just continue to year after year, just carry that guide iron of what they think black people are or who they think black people are, how they treat them, how they be overzealous with them. White folks can get away with murder all day. You just put a suit jacket on or a damn tie. Why do you think ties are so prevalent with white folks? That's their that's their coat of armor. They wear a tie and, my goodness, they could, they could just bullshit a nation an eight-hour day. The tie and a suit jacket. They put that on and they just roam the streets and walk the streets and do what they want to do. I seen a homeless guy in a train station. This guy had on a damn suit jacket. He had a tie on, but he had a shirt on and a suit jacket. And I just kind of noticed his face was kind of dirty. I looked down his feet. He had some raggedy ass shoes on. His toes was hanging out. But I wouldn't have fucking knew it because the suit jacket and the white skin just fucked me up. And with that look, he's able to sit in the train station all day long. And nobody would say a damn thing. But blacks, get out of here, get out of here, get out of here, get out of here, get out of the street, get out of, here, get out of the station here. I mean, it's just it's horrendous. Today is horrendous. You know, and like I said before, the, the guy that got killed and filled up, he was just panhandling out there. The cop just assumed that he was, I guess, maybe he was being ambushed or something. This cop shot through the glass. He didn't even take time to roll down the window or investigate or prop himself up or prep himself up or he just shot through the glass at the guy and just took him out 
like it was nothing. He's on the street randomly, and he's gonna feel like he's being. I, I'm, I'm saying he feel like he's being ambushed, but they're scared to death. They ride through these neighborhoods and they're fucking scared to death. You know, you're taking on a job and you had no balls from the beginning. You know, now you're now you're walking down, you know, um, 14th and Glenwood, and you're scared out of your mind. You're on Knife and Lehigh, and you're scared out of your mind. And the slightest bump, and you just, you know, open fire. Like the guy opened fire on the white woman when they investigated something. Remember the story we did? The white lady got killed. She called the police. She thought somebody was being assaulted in oh, the woods. Oh, right, in the alley. In the alley, and, and they went back there in the, the dark. Australian lady. Yeah. And she slapped the back of the car or something. And and the brother, well, he was a foreign, foreign American. Ethiopian. Ethiopian guy. He just opened fire on her and just blew her away in the dark. I mean, you know, pulling the trigger on that gun don't make it no better. Because when, when light clears and the daylight comes and the investigators come in, people going to know what, what, what happened. And they, boy, they sent his ass up the river. They sure did. He went up the river for sure. So but the white cops get away, they're justified. But this boy went up the river. Anyway, I just want to leave it out with that. Uh, we are a mark for a group of people. And one thing, one last thing. Well, I'll say that for a little bit. See. Okay. Anyway. All right. Well, thank you, Papa D. All right. Well, we're going to shift gears and lighten it up a bit and move into the weird news. And uh, let's see. I got this crazy one. I mean, they're all crazy. But this one was about a fugitive who um, says he'll surrender if he gets enough likes on his wanted poster that he posted on Facebook. And how crazy is that? And the police can't, they can't find him, so all they can do is kind of wait and see what happens. And this is out of Hartford, Connecticut. Connecticut Police Department reached a deal with a fugitive that he would uh, surrender if enough people responded to the wanted poster on social media and basically liked it, you know. This guy is 29 years old. His name is Jose Sims. They think he's somewhere in New York. He's got seven warrants out, and he's being sought as a fugitive after failing to appear in court on charges that range from breach of peace to risk of injury to a child. Uh, The police chief, Brett Johnson, posted on the department's Facebook page that Sims contacted him through the social media site and agreed to turn himself in if the post containing his poster got 15,000 likes. So uh, Johnson said he negotiated Sims down from 20,000 likes. So first he said 20,000, and he said, no, that's too many. How about 15,000? So the dude agreed. So now he's saying, if I get 15,000 likes on my wanted poster, I'll turn myself in. And he went on to say that he's a man of his word, and he doesn't want to keep looking over his shoulder. I'm like, well, then turn yourself in. Why are you playing games with the police? <laughs> this is crazy. So I don't know. I mean, this I've never heard of anything like this, but this is out of Hartford, Connecticut. He said he wanted to put uh, give them an incentive for all the hard work, work they're putting in to catch him. I don't know. Sounds crazy to me. But that's why it's the weird news. <laughs> 
Moving on. What you got, Papa? I got a woman is unhappy about her birthday and attacked the boyfriend. This happened in West uh, West Newtown, Pennsylvania. A Western Pennsylvania woman allegedly attacked her boyfriend after a, uh, oh, excuse me, let me, let me try that again. A Western uh, Pennsylvania woman, Leslie, attacked her boyfriend with a box cutter mm. because uh, no one got her a card, cake, or gift on her 55th birthday. Oh, my God. Okay. George DeWacky is charged with, uh, oh, George, Georgiana. Mm. I'll put her on a kiss. At Georgiana DeWacky is charged with aggravated assault making terroristic that threats and other counts. All right. It uh, wasn't known Friday if she uh, retained an attorney. Authorities said that Zawacki had been uh, drinking vodka throughout the day on Wednesday. Oh, boy. Her boyfriend took her out to dinner that night, but he said that uh, she attacked him when they returned to their West Newtown home, putting the box cutter next to his throat and threatened to kill him. She then Leslie smashed his arm, slashed his arm with the weapon, causing the bloody and minor injury. The man says the wacky then uh, ransacked his bedroom before leaving their home on foot. Police found her on a nearby neighborhood porch. Wow. <laughs> she was going in. Yeah, she was drunk. So she'd been drinking vodka all day. Then when they went out to dinner and came home, and she said, I ain't got no card. I ain't got no cake. No candy. I ain't got no gifts. No candy. You about to die. What is wrong with people? She need to leave that vodka alone if it makes her want to kill folk with a box cutter. I think you're right. I think you're right. All right. I got one, one last one. It sounds a little crazy. Man says an intruder broke into his house, cleaned it, and then he left. A Boston, of course, Boston, should have known. Boston area man came home from work with his son to find something amiss. He thought that maybe um, they had been robbed, but upon further inspection, he discovered that nothing was missing and his home was sparkling clean. Nate Roman lived in a single-family home in um, Marlboro, Massachusetts, Roman tells CNN. He left for work that morning and came home from picking up his son and find his door was unlocked. So his son said, Dad, the door is unlocked, which I have done once, you know, every blue moon. You know, it's typical. People do it. It happens. But when he walked mm-hmm. in immediately, there was a vibe that something was wrong in the house. He realized that someone may have been in his house because the door he normally keeps open was firmly shut. He discovered his son's room, which was a wreck when they left that morning, but was neat as a pen when they got back. Wow. were back. Everything was neat and put away. He immediately called the police, and they took the incident very seriously. They uh, cleared the house to make sure no one else was there. No crime happened. Nothing was missing or damaged, so the police have very little to go on. Uh, the security system was also not um, 
sets of cameras um, that would be activated when the alarm goes off did not get images of the intruder. So the timestamp of the door sensors indicate that whatever it was stayed in the house for about 90 minutes. Good. Later, he discovered roses made from toilet paper in the bathroom, a detail that made him realize this was probably the work of a professional. His theory is that a cleaning service came to the wrong address, but his kitchen was untouched, which makes him second-guess this suspicion. (laughs) Mm. He has since changed his locks and admits he is still opening cabinets very carefully in case something unexpected is behind it. Man, I'll tell you. (laughs) That is crazy. Yes. So whoever cleaned it up, they must have walked in there and looked at that kitchen and said, oh, hell no. (laughs) I'm not dealing with that. I clean up everything else, but I ain't dealing with that. Yep, no, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that that is a crazy one. So, I mean, I I, I kind of believe the theory that somebody came to the wrong house and cleaned this house. But how they get in though? So, but the door was unlocked. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. So, I don't yep. know. I still that's still creepy though. Somebody come in your house and clean up. And leave. That, well, it could have been a cleaning crazy. company. They could have, they could have came to the wrong address. So, you know, it could happen. You never know. I don't know. Still seems creepy to me. It does. You know, just the idea <laughs> that somebody that you didn't ask to come in was in your house right. doing things. Being in your space, yeah, true, yeah, true that, yep, yep. Oh, wait, yeah, I don't think I would. No, thank you. <laughs> okay. All right, well, that wraps up uh, the weird news. If you want to get in on the conversation tonight, give us a call at 914-803-4306. And if you want to add to the conversation, all you got to do is press 1. And we're going to take a quick break, and we're coming back with moi, and I'm just saying, on the Pajama Party oh, Show. We'll be right back. Bonsoir, bonsoir. This is red wine, or as they say in Paris, je suis ben rouge. Join me every Friday right here on A Pajama Party, where I'll get on my rant, sit on my little bar stool, and give you my opinion on whatever has been bugging me or whatever's on my mind this week. You don't want to miss it. I know I won't. So be here with me every Friday, red wine, on the Pajama Party Show. Visit us on www.apajamaparty.com and check us out. We'll see you there. All right, welcome back to Zone Party. One Hills, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. Well, you're up, uh, Red One. Okay, well, tonight on I'm Just Saying, I'm going to break this down. Break it down. My 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 topic is, if you're going to be a racist, just own it. I'm so tired of these little slick, mealy-mouthed, undercover racists. If you're going to be a racist, be loud, proud about it, and just own it. So, there was a story that I was reading about this teacher out of Dorchester, Massachusetts, 
She took her seventh grade class to the Boston Museum of Fine Arts recently and ran into some undercover racists who insulted her students that were black and brown, all black and brown, no white students. Now, one of the guides who was, you know, kind of giving them the intro to the museum was giving them instructions about what's allowed and what's not allowed, etc. And it was like a large group of kids, so everybody couldn't hear what the guide was saying all at one time. But the guide started saying things like, well, there's no food, no drinks, no water bottle, and no food, that includes watermelon. And some of the kids looked up and said, did she just say no watermelon? What was that about? So some of them went and complained to the teacher who did not hear that remark. And it was not like they all went to her at one time. There were like maybe three or four of the kids went up to the teacher at different intervals and said, this woman just said, and no watermelon. What's up with that? So the teacher is like, okay, let me, you know, be on guard. So um, I'm just saying, if you're going to be a racist, just own it. Don't try to be slick with it. Don't be all low-key and undercover with it. Now, this guy who made that watermelon statement when just a few kids could hear it, she didn't say it where the teacher could hear it. See, that's a punk move. So I'm just saying, if you're going to be a racist, own it. Now, these students were instructed not to touch any of the artifacts in the museum, yet the white students that were there were touching stuff all over the place. They had their hands on all kind of stuff, and those white security guards didn't say a word. So when the black kids see all these white kids touching stuff, they started going, oh, okay. So they start reaching out to touch things, and the guards came down on them like white on rice. You're not supposed to touch that. Don't put your hands on the display. You know, all this kind of stuff. Come on now. What kind of crap is that? Either you can or you cannot touch the artifacts. It ain't going to be, oh, the white kids can, but the black kids can't. That's some bull crap. You know, like I said, if you're going to be a racist, own it. Don't try to be slick with it. Then you got the guards that are patrolling the museum in a higher number than usual while these black kids were in there. Now, the museum, when asked about it, said, oh, no, no, it was nothing going on. The guards were changing shifts. There were lunch breaks happening. And maybe that's why it appeared that there were more guards in the area than usual. Okay? Like I said, if you're going to be a racist, dag on it, own it. Stop being slick about it. Then when one of the students was dancing to some music that was playing during in one of the exhibits, a museum goer, now this was not an employee, it was just somebody who was there visiting the museum. This museum goer said to this child, it's a shame that she's not learning instead of stripping. I'm like, what? Now the teacher, when she heard that, said, okay, now I've heard enough. She starts rounding up the kids and said, let's get out of here. So as they were walking out, they were standing near one of the um, the doorway to the Africa exhibit, and the teacher was telling the kids to move to one side so they wouldn't be blocking the doorway so other people could get by. Here comes another museum goer, walks by and says, never mind there's fucking black kids in the way. I'm like, where are these racist people? Now, I'll give this person credit. At least they just came right out and said it, evil self. Now, the museum then, after being called, all of this called to their attention, 
They want to issue a little apology about, oh, that's not our policy, you know, the usual BS. But they're saying that they did look at the footage and they determined there were at least two museum goers who did make racist comments to the students, to the students, and they identified those people. They say these people have had their membership revoked and they've been banned from the museum. I'm like, okay. That doesn't stop them from doing that somewhere else. That just means they can't come there and be the outward racist that they were. But the the museum said it'll serve them. They're going to serve them with a no trespass cease and desist notification that they're going to. Didn't say they did. It said we will. Even though the museum issued a blanket hollow apology, they can't control what visitors say. But they can do something about how employees racially profiled visitors of color. So I'm just saying, you know, this is the same old stuff as usual. I'm glad the teacher got the kids out of there. But all I'm saying is if you're going to be a racist, be proud of it, be loud about it, own it. Stop with all this little undercover innuendo and then backpedaling when somebody calls you out about it, trying to say, oh, no, that was not my intention. Oh, I didn't mean it like that. I only mentioned watermelon just as fruit, just in general. I didn't mean anything racial. Yeah, you did, you lying mofo. You're going to be a racist on it, daggone it. That's all I'm saying. And I'm done with that. (sighs) People make me angry. Okay. Mm-hmm. Drink my Don't wine. Have to get my Don't wine. It's ridiculous. These are seventh mm-hmm. graders. Why should they have to be subjected to this? Well, for one, is Boston for one. Well, yeah, but they live there too. Well, well, hold on. Let me finish. Let me finish. This is the mecca of ignorance All and right. racist. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, you know, <laughs> let me tell you. I, I think the, I think ignorance is a real stronger word than, than racist. To be honest with you, you know, ignorance takes the ignorance means that you are you are hollow, and you're using the same old the bullshit overtones like watermelon. Come up with some new shit. They've been saying that shit for for years. Yeah, forever. Come up with some new fucking slang. Some, and then when you look at a group of of kids of a dark nature, how do you know what they connected to? How do you know who's fuck who fuck who to make that baby? How you know what sperm cells combine to make that child? One of them children can have a baby of a mother as white as fucking snow. Mm-hmm. You don't know. They don't know. With all the shit, the hip hop and everything, everybody fucking everybody. So how do you know what that baby's made of? Okay, so you don't even okay. know. Okay. These wasn't really no. <clears throat> when you say uh, black and brown kids, we don't know what, what the origin of any of these people are. You know, and the people making the comments, who the who the hell said that they poor, their their poor, white trash ass is pure white? Shit, oh, they mix with some that. shit too. They mix with some shit. They well, come out of on the surface, right? But, but yeah, white but see, skin sees black skin but makes the, negative comments. But the comments. surface That's is all. not what life is made of. No, if we That's surface it, if I surface every piece of chicken, I wouldn't know which one tastes good, which one tastes bad. 
You don't know what what is until you take a bite out of the shit. And the same with people. You don't know what people are until you talk to them, communicate with them, know their background. That circles back to your comment about the ignorance. That's why I said the ignorance is stronger than racism. It's ignorance. These motherfuckers don't know shit. They did that their education is low, and then the people and the employees in that place, that probably was a whole nepotism tag, man. That's mother, father, sister, Education brother. is low, ignorance is high. Mm-hmm, and nepotism is on the rise, mm-hmm. and that was mom and pops. They want to get, they want to keep the kids out of their pocket financially so they get them a job where they work at. Yeah, you be. know, the kid was sitting on the couch eating fucking cheese pops out of the fucking seat cushions. Mm-hmm. So they said, well, let me get him a job so he can stay the fuck out of my pocket. So anyway. All right. Well, living for the city. What you got for us tonight? <laughs> or was that it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A continuation of that, you know. I mean, it's, it's just on the whole. I, I think that we really, as people of color, we need to stop getting excited by this shit because this shit, this shit is old. This shit, this shit, is, we've been milling over this stuff for the last 400 years. Ain't nobody came up with nothing different, you know. This whole Trump administration, this stuff is gonna falter just as this is just as much. I mean, I saw a I saw a Jaguar today. I mean, this joint was nice, you know. And um, and a lady was driving. I think it was at Home Depot, and she was going to Home Depot, and she got out of the car, and I was parked behind her. I was getting on myself. I know she left her sunroof open, and I made a comment. I didn't even comment on the fucking car because I wasn't even going to go there, you know. But I did say that, you know, you know, it could be a rainstorm, and, you, you, you know, you you can get rain, and you're, you're leaving your sunroof open. It's kind of dangerous or risky. You know, she snubbed her nose up at me like, you know, she got a new fucking big black. I mean, this is a big-ass Jaguar, too. Mm-hmm. Like, she got a black woman, too, you know. Like, she got a big... Black Jaguar and fuck me and a horse I rode in on. I'm like saying, fuck you. Are you sleeping in the backseat of that motherfucker? Is there a toilet in the motherfucking trunk of that motherfucker? Can you fuck the exhaust pipe of that bitch? I mean, what the fuck about that car can either get you off, give you some sleep, or allow you to relieve yourself, wash your armpits or your fucking crotch when it comes to that goddamn car? You know? Can none of that, can nothing in that car give you the satisfaction or wash your ass like you need so please stop i mean she snubbed at me like the fuck i said something to her like i was uh and this is this is black on black crime hmm. i was like i wanted to say bitch please fuck you in that jaguar you got the car note on that motherfucker not me <laughs> you know what i mean to me it was just it was crazy i'm just i'm making a comment and she looked at me like hey, Hey, I'm driving my black Jaguar. Hey, she probably leasing the motherfucker. Some old white boy at a goddamn dealership and bullshitted her to pay $600 a month for a fucking lease for a year. Ooh. And after the years, you're going to take the shit back. Oh, we'll give you another one after a year. Yeah, you didn't get the motherfuckers $4,000 for, 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 for a year. And now you're going to give it back and give them 4000 more, 4000 more. Next thing you're going to pay $80,000 fucking dollars and don't own shit. Anyway, let me shut that up. Anyway, that's my, uh, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Papa Didi has spoken. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Yeah. Getting hot up in here. Mm-hmm. I'm putting that lady on the kiss it list. Yeah, put that Jaguar on the kiss it list. Yeah, I got it. I think I was in Prince George. I think I was in Prince George County too. Negro capital of the world. <laughs> Negro capital of the world. Put that down there. She was a black woman in Prince George, damn it, County. I Lord, got it. Have mercy. Hide it in your drawers. Hide it and hide the money in your drawers. That oh, person. See, here County. we go with that again. Hide the money in Nobody your drawers. talking about Jack Johnson. <laughs> They're at the door, honey. Hide it in drawers. Hide it in your drawers. Yeah. Is he still in jail? I don't know what's going on with the brother. I don't know. Do you know Cattle? What's that? Is Jack Johnson still in jail? The um he used to be the uh what he was, was he? The, the uh county executive? County executive, yes. In Prince was. George's County he and he got busted. Yeah. yeah. He should be out I can't remember who went in first, him or the wife. Um is yeah, I don't remember. Is, 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 um, is that money still in her drawers? <laughs> remember you said on the news? Oh, oh, trying to no. flush the money out of the toilet. Flush it in the toilet. Put it in your drawers. Put it in your drawers. Boy, they had him over That was ground. messed up. They had a bunch of cash laying around that house, boy. Yeah, that was a hot You mess. heard the damn knock on the door. Boom, 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 boom. Then you heard him on tape. Put it down the toilet. Put it in your panties. Put it in your panties. Put it in your panties. I was like, I guess he figured they won't look there. I think I just came to the DMV area too, during that time frame. That had to happen around 2008, 2009. That was bad. Very, very bad. That was bad. All right. Well, look. Let's. Uh, Kelly, you want to take a quick CC break and then come back with the uh, Hollywood wrap up? Sounds good. All right, we will do that, refresh our beverages. So we go on an ice run, and we're coming right back with the Hollywood wrap-up, West Coast style. Be right back. Hey, this is Papa Didi. Join me on Friday nights live at the Pajama Party Adult Online Radio Talk Show. And don't miss my segments called Living for the City and What's Poppin'. Hey, and, and join me. This is Red Wine with the Long Long Stem. And I've got the hot topics in my commentary called I'm Just Saying. And don't forget, the cocktail of the week for me, Shadow with the Yellow Top. I got the Hollywood wrap-up along with Weird News. And don't forget, we've got the kisser list. That's where the people get on our last nerves and you want us to call them out. So join us on Blog Talk Radio for the Pajama Party. Every Friday night at 9 p.m. on the East Coast and 6 p.m. on the West Coast. Go to apajamaparty.com to listen online or follow us on Twitter at apajamaparty. Call us live, 914-803-4306. And don't forget to press 1. Now let's get back to the show. Hey, what happened to the snack tray or the bartender? Does he want to see my slippers? I'll call him room service. All right, welcome back to the Pajama Party. One of your hosts, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And red wine. Bonsoir, darling. 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 Mm-hmm. Tasty, tasty, tasty. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's time to go out to the West Coast. Uh, Kettle's going to give us the rundown of what's happening out in La La Land. Okay. Well, before I go to the West Coast, we're going to stay on the East Coast for one second. You guys were asking about um, the um, 
PG County Executive of Jack B. Johnson. This um, article dates uh, 2017, and he was released. Um, He did a five-year term, federal prison. Um, He was released on uh, June 10th of 2017. Uh, He continues to profess his innocence. Um, He pleaded guilty in 2011 to taking $1 million in bribes in exchange for contracts and other favors. And he showed up um, in the DMV. He um, uh, had a public appearance um, at uh, his church. Apparently, it's Faith Temple Number 1 in Capitol Heights, Maryland. And his home church of Greater Mount Nebo AME Church in Bowie. And he got a standing ovation when he uh, appeared there. And some people still love him. Interesting. Okay. What's his wife doing? I think, I think uh, it doesn't say anything about her, but it's interesting because I think the things that he has done for the um, county has outweighed just that little, I won't say minor thing, but, you know, what he went to jail for. Oh, so, uh, yeah, so I guess that's, that's why they gave him this innovation, I guess. So. All right. Okay. But, uh, look, me. Maybe he'll be in a, a, a news clip in the future, so we'll see. Uh-huh. Right. Mm. All right, let's go up to the West Coast. Um, this was a year in the making. Um, Jimmy Kimmel and Norman Lear, um, they did the damn thing on Thursday night. Um, they did a live performance, all in the family, um, all the way to the Jefferson, which was interesting. Um, they had people, um, uh, actors like Woody Harrelson, um, Marissa Tomei, Wanda Sykes, Jamie Foxx, and more. Um, Kerry Washington. Um, uh, one of the surprises for me was uh, Will Ferrell. He was, those are my two characters, favorite characters, Will Ferrell and Kerry Washington. They played um, the Willis family that lived upstairs with the Jeffersons. Um, but uh, it was great. The live performances was on point. And they stuck to the script, the original script. Everything was, was, was the original script back in that time. So if you guys missed it, you guys have to see it. Check it out on YouTube, Hulu, Hulu, whatever, Boo Boo, whatever. You need to find it. Um, also, uh, Whitney Houston's estate is reportedly developing a hologram tour. So if you guys are familiar with the hologram, that means that we know Whitney's not here, but it's a rendition of Whitney on hologram. You know, it's like a projection of her, like a real-life person. Kind of scary, you know, especially if the person is gone. But, of course, money, 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 girl. She signed a $14 million deal to um, to do this tour. And uh, she'll be she'll be getting fifty percent, so it's fifty fifty. Um, of course, her sister-in-law, she was the executive. I don't know why, but she was named the executive of Whitney's estate. And um, this is probably something that you know she thought of the, the sister-in-law. But anyway, it's about money, money, money. We have to see how far Another they go. Another money making scheme. That sister-in-law yeah. would make money off that woman. That's sad. In life and in it death. Is. 
Yes, for sure. But we'll see because, you know, if it's sold out or not. Um, also, Aretha Franklin, come to find out she had three wills. First, they said they couldn't find none. Now they found three. Um, two was dated back in uh, 2010, uh, June of 2010 and October 2010. And then the third one was dated um, March 2014. Um, they were handwritten, and she pinpointed certain things that she wanted done, like her oldest son. Um, he had some challenges and uh, emphasized that um, she wanted him to be taken care of, well taken care of, because he had special needs. Um, she mm-hmm. also emphasized that the father of Clarence, which is the oldest one, uh, Clarence Franklin, that um, he should never receive or handle any money or property belonging to Clarence. So she doesn't want the father to touch that at all. Um, wow. Also, also, she wanted um, her sons uh, for everything to be split, you know, evenly among them, the three sons. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what the final outcome is going to be and which will that they're going to um, probably take. Probably the latter one, the 2014 will. Um, also, the IRS. You know, they're looking at her estate, and she owes $6.3 million in back taxes and also $1.5 million in the penalties. So, um, so we shall see what's going to happen, you know. Also, um, Ice-T, he's in the news. He said he almost shot an Amazon delivery person. He said... He don't want any any of those Amazon delivery people creeping in his crib anymore because he almost shot one. Um, as you know, Amazon, since they want to get things there on time, the next day they have quote-unquote private contractors. And these private contractors are like everyday people. So, unfortunately, they're not wearing uniforms, so they may be plain, plainly dressed. And this particular person that was delivering something from Amazon in his home came in his home, and he was about to shoot him up, bang, bang. So he he, he wrote, he got on Twitter and said, look, if you guys will be delivering stuff and it's from Amazon, you guys need to wear some type of uniform or something, or or they're going to be toast. Simple as that. So right. That makes so, sense. Yeah, it does. And one last note. Um, Adam Levine leaves The Voice. He's been on there for 16 seasons. He is leaving The Voice. And he will be replaced by Gwen Stefani. Interesting. Uh-huh. So, he goes on. He he was one of the original uh, voice people when The Voice started um, 16 seasons ago. And He's, you know, he he's on. He gets on Twitter and he thanks everybody from um, the Daily Guy to everybody that he's worked with. And, you know, he, yeah. he appreciates everything. You know, everybody has done for him, and and especially Mark Burnett, who gave him the opportunity to um, be on there. So I thought that was pretty cool. But you know, everybody's making a big deal about him leaving. I mean, you know, sometimes you all grow things, so it's time for you to move on. You know. But he's moving well, on he's to that um, that other show, Songland. He's executive producing Songland. Songland. Right. So, I mean, you know, 
Like I said, they make yeah, a big so deal. Yeah, so it's not like he's going away. He's right. just moving so, on. Yeah, just making room for somebody else, you know, that's all. But I guess they're so used to seeing him and uh, uh, Blake Shelton and their bromance, so. But, uh, yeah. You know, that's oh, what well. we'll see what it feels mm-hmm. like with him, with Blake and his girlfriend. Yeah, I mean, she's been on there before, so, I mean, they had good chemistry, so, you know, made a good show. But we'll see. As long as they don't get too sappy. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much. And we know what's happening in Hollywood, in the land of entertainment. Well, I know. And in politics. Uh Oh, yeah, that's true. All right. Well, you know what time it is. It's time for the cocktail of the week. Cocktail of the week, week, week. So what you got for us, Kel? Oh, I got something you usually don't like. I haven't had it in a long time, but it sounds pretty good. It's called the Rum Swizzle. S-W-I-Z-Z-L. Rum Swizzle. It's okay. served in a, a Collins glass. You get two ounces of Bacardi Ocho Anos, which is, is aged for eight years, which is some of the, the best Bacardi. Um, two ounces uh, of that, uh, two-third ounces of the J.D. Taylor's Velvet Bellinum Liqueur, liqueur. Uh, half an ounce of freshly squeezed lime juice, a quarter of an ounce of freshly squeezed lemon juice, uh, half an ounce of um, sugar syrup, that means two-part water, um, I'm sorry, two-part sugar, one-part water, and one dash of bitters. So we're going to pour the, all those ingredients in a chilled glass and two-thirds filled with crushed ice. Uh, swizzle with a swizzle stick. <laughs> Add more crushed ice to fill and swizzle some more. Um, you garnish with uh, mint sprig and uh, orange slice. So sounds pretty good. And yeah, it's only sounds good when you add the mint. Yeah, okay. it's only 289 calories. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. It says the um, drink emerged in the early 1800s. Ah. Wow. Yep. So that's yep, an yep. old drink. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Diana, uh, when, when British expats mixed this drink on the terrace, of the Georgetown Club. Oh, buh, 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 buh. one of those. <laughs> oh, oh, my. Interesting. Sounds fancy. Mm-hmm. It does. It is. That's All a right. solid glass. Very cute. Very nice. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. a, a, a fan of rum, but that actually mm-hmm. sounds good. It does. It does. Like I said, it has to be that um, ultra annuals. Uh, Bacardi, like I said, it's aged longer, so it's going to be smoother. So I think you'll enjoy it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we g- we'll give uh-huh. it a shot. All right. All right. Not? Well, thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. Well, we're going to shift gears again and move into the kiss it list. I think Papa Didi just went back to the bar, but 
I can tell you what the Kiss It list is. The Kiss It list is a list of people who have shown off, acted unseemly, shown their behind, cut up, and need to be put on the world-famous Kiss It list. So, oh, there's Papa Didi. So I was just explaining what the Kiss It list is. He always says people that show, what you call it? They're butt They're butt honey. So we're going to break that down for you tonight. Um, if I can go first, I'm going to start out with Steve Mnuchin from the Treasury Department mm-hmm. uh, for the Harriet Tubman debacle with the dollar $20 bill, along with 45 on that one. Uh, ben Carson, for not knowing what mm-hmm. the heck he was doing. <laughs> Couldn't answer anything. Going to put him on the kiss it list. Yeah, um, don't know what a Reo is. Yeah, come on, brother. They ask you what is an R-E-O. He talking about Oreo? Anyway, Georgiana DeWacky, the woman who attacked her boyfriend on her 55th birthday because she didn't get what she wanted, a gift, a card, or a present, something. She, I guess she wanted something else. Attacked her boyfriend with a box cutter, so she's on the list. Also, uh, Jose Sims, the fugitive who said he will turn himself in with all his warrants if he gets 15,000 likes of his warrant picture on Facebook. Uh, the woman that Papa Didi mentioned in the Black Jaguar that was acting all snotty and uppity. Oh my God. So the 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 a tacky too. She wasn't even attractive. The she uppity Jaguar tacky. driver. She was a tacky. Mm-hmm. And um, 45, don't forget him. Yeah, 45 and, um, again. We got Chip Chip Roy uh, just holding yeah. out on the $19 billion relief money. Definitely. Chip Roy, Republican from mm-hmm. Texas. Him yeah. and um, was anybody else? Who did we miss? Don't we didn't him. say Roger Goodell, but I'm sure he should still be on the list. And Kraft, we talked about him lately. Oh yeah, with all that ducking and dodging, he doesn't want all his all his little sex tapes to end up in court. Mm-hmm. Nobody want to see that mess anyway. Uh, anybody mm-hmm. else, Papa Didi? Man, I think uh. Okay, well let's give them their prize. Here's a gift for everybody on the Kiss It list. Anyway. Kiss my my ass Welcome back to the Jump Party. When your host Papa Didi, I'm here with Kettle. Hello. Red wine. 
And bonsoir, darling. And it's time for the last word. One more round, and we're going to be out of here. Uh, what's your last word, Papa Didi? Uh, my last word is just watch yourself out there. I mean, you see what you're up against today. With, you know, it's so sad that our skin color is such a, a factor with people, such a negative entity, but I'm sure there'll be people tomorrow lined up on beaches trying to get some brown-ass skin on their Memorial Day weekend, laying their fat asses on a beach so they can come back to their job on Monday and say, wow, look, well, Tuesday, excuse me, not Monday. What do you be back Monday or Tuesday? Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. And they'll all be saying, wow, somebody got brown this weekend. Complimenting each other on how brown they got on that Memorial Day sun. But they hate black folks to death, but they all want to be nice and brown in that sun. So what are you going to do? Yep. Just be careful out there, because them motherfuckers is crazy. Better put your sunblock on. Well, my last word is, like I said, and I'm just saying, if you're going to be a racist, own it. You know, don't laugh up in my face and act like everything is good. We're friends. And then you call me the N-word and, and whatever behind my back. I would rather you just be honest, be open, be who you are. At least then I know who I'm dealing with straight up. And I'll know to leave your crazy behind alone. Uh, that's all I'm saying. You know, just be who you are. If you're a racist, just say, yeah, I'm a racist. That's who I am. I respect that. I won't like you, but I respect the fact that you're honest about who you are. That's all I'm saying. Over to you, Kev. Well, my last word, I'm going to piggyback on a little bit of both of y'all, that uh, we do need to wear our suntan lotion. I mean, you can take it any way you need to, but I think we need to shield ourselves. We need to pray and just keep those bad elements away from us. Um, it's just sad. I want to say to the family of the little boy, 12-year-old little boy, that family shouldn't have gone through that. That little boy shouldn't have gone through that. And our police force, I don't care where you are, what state, whatever, we just need to just be more compassionate, I guess, or put yourself in their shoes or just think a little differently than what you've been thinking because this generation is unconventional. It's a different generation. It's just you have to treat this generation so different than before. So just be a little more sensitive because I think there's a lot, a lot of mental health out here. And these kids, you know, after these things go on like this, they get traumatized. And sometimes they might have already some mental health going on in their lives. They don't know. So I think these cops need to be kind of desensitized because because they need to just learn this generation now. They don't know this generation. They don't even get a chance to talk to them. They just want to just jump to conclusions and just assume the worst because of the color of our skin. And that's, that's sad, but that's, that's what the deal is most of the time. That's my last word. Yeah, you're right about it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Kevin. Yeah. I know what you mean. I am too. All right. Well, we're about to get on out of here. Um, 
Let's see. Oh, we want to thank DC uh, Homegrown, our parent company, for keeping the lights on. They yes, always look out for us. And, uh, and we appreciate that, you know, the way they always look out for us and keep everything going. So, you know, check them out and check us out online at apajamaparty.com. Visit the website. You can listen to previous episodes. You can look at the cocktails of the week and get the recipe, get a picture of it. If you're having an event and you need to look for a good cocktail, check us out, apajamaparty.com, and click on the cocktail of the week. It's a whole library of all the cocktails I think we've ever done. They're all on there. So it's a good resource for you if you're planning a party or an evening, get-together, whatever. Check it out. Uh, Also, we just want to say thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, Make sure you tell a friend, you know, share the wealth. We're trying to grow the family. So uh, be sure to do that. And on that note, I guess we're ready to say goodnight. Papa Didi, where are you? Right here. Oh, Papa Didi, you want to say goodnight? Goodnight, everybody. Say it again? All right. Good night, good night, good night, good night, good night. And we're trying to sound sexy. Just say good night. Good night. <laughs> and this is Red Wine, Rainbow Saw. Till next week. Say good night, Kelly. Good night. Have a safe one. All right. We'll check you out again next Friday night where we'll do it all over again. Friday night at what time, Papa Dini? Nine o'clock. Nine fifteen CP time. CP? Oh, no, 9 o'clock, Eastern Time. Eastern Time. All right. All right. CP Time. Yeah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All right, we're out. We'll be back next Friday night, 9 o'clock. See you then. Initiating shutdown sequence. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I bid you farewell, Arabatechi, Sayonara, and all that sort of cheers. Well, when you, I say when you gotta go, you gotta go. Well, good night. Jabiko, Sana. I regret to announce this is the end. I'm going now. Good night and good luck. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Now give me a kiss and say good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Oh. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for attending our show and good night. <laughs> Party cool, keep it real for you. No clothes allowed. Summer party.